Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, check it out. Lemon snow. What? Yeah, that stuff's delicious. Lemon snow? You mean it just falls from the sky like that? You bet. One of nature's treats. You gonna have some? Nah, I'm already full. But you should have some before the other kids get to it. L- what is it, like Italian ice? Yeah, exactly. Like a sorbet. <laughs> ah! That's not lemon! No, it's not. You bastard! I was having fun playing in the snow, and now you've ruined it like a pizza place ruins a salad! Okay, four pizzas and a salad. Salad? How do you make a salad? First, you throw in the whole head of lettuce. Even the hard-to-eat white part at the bottom? That's what the people want. Now, what else? I got a can of whole black olives. Should I slice them up? What, are you crazy? No, you keep them whole. You're going to want to know you've got an olive in your mouth. What about this tomato? Cut it into thirds. It should be big enough to pretend you've got red teeth. How about this carrot? Should I cut it up? Yes, but very thin lengthwise. The whole length of the carrot. One thin slice. Okay, what else do we got? Well, we got these hot peppers, but you can't really eat them. No problem. Dump them all in. Now, should we put it in a bowl? No, let's put it in a lasagna tray. Okay, great. I'll take it. Oh, and make sure to stick it right on top of the pizza so it stays nice and warm. Hello, every pizza place. This is Robin the Hood, and you're listening to the Hook Rocks. And I always put out a killer song of the day, and I find many of those killer songs right here on this show. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well, staying safe, staying healthy. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'm the host, Jay Scott. We have a great guest for you today. We have Mr. Josh Todd from Buck Cherry. What's going on, Josh? How are you? Yes, sir. There's a lot going on. We got a new record uh, called Hellbound that's going to drop here uh, June 25th, and you can pre-order it right now and 
It's a great one. It's a great record. And we're really excited. You know, we hit the road. Uh, first show is June 1st in the United States. And we get to, we get to start touring. Imagine that. Amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we just got the news this past week that today we start a bridge phase in Chicago, which allows us to fully reopen. Places all over the country are, are you know, increasing their capacity. Some are at full capacity right now. So it is exciting. It is exciting for rock fans to get out and see some live music. And I'm sure it's just as exciting for someone like yourself to get out and support a new album. Absolutely. Yeah, we worked really hard on this record and, and we've had it uh, ready to go since October of 2020. So you know, for it to finally start uh, hitting the streets. We just dropped our first single, So Hot. And, uh, you know, there's a great video on YouTube, too. If you haven't checked it out, you can check it out. But it's a great song. And and we've gotten a really uh, amazing response from it. And, like, you know, this it's a 10-song record, and every song is is great. And we're really proud of it. So it's it's going to be fun a fun tour. Awesome. Well, we got lots to get into, but we always ask the first – a first-time guest, the same first question we always do, and that is the essence of the podcast. Just like every rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? It was definitely a performance. You know, I I, uh, played a house party when I was 15 in Orange County, California, and that was a turning point for me. I mean, I, we, we did a bunch of covers. We did a few originals and it was just electric. You know, it was like the place was packed. Everybody was hammered. And, you know, the first song I sang live was uh, rock and roll by uh, Led Zeppelin and I did that song. And it was like, that was it for me. I was like, this is all I want to do. What led up to that? Like, what were your influences or what got you onto that stage and into that performance? I mean, it was so, you know, I'm a huge music fan, you know, it was so, so many influences, you know, like on my, on my dad's side, he listened to the Eagles a lot. You know, my mother used to put on records and clean the house and she listened to like Kenny Rogers and Rod Stewart and, you know, Willie Nelson and stuff like that. And I liked all that stuff. And then, you know, when I started, you know, when my balls started dropping and I went through adolescence, uh, I went through a big punk rock phase, you know, cause uh, th- that was going on in, in Orange County. And I like the aggressive nature of the music and it really, the lyrics really spoke to me, you know? So I love those records, like bands like Minor Threat and Black Flag, the Subhumans, um, the Toy Dolls. Those are all bands I listened to. And then, and then I would sneak in my sister's room and she was into, uh, Prince and Billy Idol and Yaz and, you know, Apollonia Six and Sheila E. And I got into all those records. I'm just a fan, you know, I love, I love music. I don't like to have boundaries or rules put on me. And I think that's what makes uh, Buckcherry a unique rock band. Yeah, especially on this new album, you can really hear a a profound R&B influence. Yeah, that's uh, Stevie and I, you know, we're, we're big fans of all that stuff. You know, we like funk too, old <laughs> funk. And, you know, I mean, that definitely comes out. And, and we love ACDC as well, you know, so... All those things, you know, contribute to, you know, you know, everybody's got their influences and it comes out when, in the songwriting, you know, I mean, uh, here and there. As you evolved as an artist from that first show where you did cover songs and sang rock and roll, 
you eventually evolved into a songwriter. Where did you get your influence and your inspiration to start writing your own music? You know, be- before I, I, you know, got in my first band in high school, you know, like uh, I was, I, I would do creative writing. I would write poetry or just free form writing anything. I had a knack for words, you know, um, I wasn't, I wasn't really a singer, you know? And so, um, I just, I, 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 at, at one point I wanted to be a professional surfer when I was a kid, you know? So I was surfing a lot and I, I surfed with this guy that was a drummer at my school and there was only one band at the school and, and they just, they didn't have a singer. And he was like, Hey, do you want to come down and, and, and try out for the band, you know, sing? And I was like, yeah, I just said yes. And I showed up and I had my grandfather buy me a, a microphone and I, I plugged it into a guitar amp cause there was no PA and I just started screaming, you know, and, and it was like all distorted. And I mean, we had a lot of fun that first practice, but I just remember that first practice. I wasn't really interested in the cover songs. I was like, let's write our own song right now. And I just started kind of uh, conducting the, the songwriting. I just intuitively, I just like, asked the guitar player, do you got any riffs? And he's like, yeah. And he put out, ripped out a riff. And then I just got on the ground and started writing lyrics. And, uh, that first song was called, uh, uh, bandana Rosanna. (laughs) And it was, uh, it was kind of like a whole lot of Rosie, you know, that was the vibe it had. And, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know, we ripped it out and it was like, I, that got, I just had the bug right away because I, I really enjoyed the writing aspect of music. And then I started developing my voice after that. It's interesting when you mention the creative writing and the poetry before you started writing music, because when you are doing that, writing poetry, creative writing, you really have to tap into either, you know, personal situations, personal experiences, or what you observe as you're, you know, walking through the halls of your high school or walking through the streets in your daily life, how did that transform into lyric writing? Uh, it's 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 very simple, you know. Poetry is it's like a it's like a short story of emotion, you know, and that's what songs are, you know. Um, so it translated really well. Um, I've turned poems into songs, you know, in my other bands, and and um, yeah, you know. I just, I had a lot of discord inside of me, you know, I had a lot of um, uh, challenges, a lot of dysfunction in my childhood, a lot of childhood trauma, you know, so all that kind of stuff kind of makes for uh, good, good lyrics, you know, and also, um, I love to read, I love stories, you know, I love, I love to read books, you know, and so when I read, um, you know, uh, the storytelling, uh, paints a picture in my head. And so, um, I just translate that into songs, which are, you know, basically kind of short stories or, or, you know, just little, uh, short, you know, three minute, four minute clips of emotion, you know? So, um, I don't know, it's, it's always come pretty naturally for me. So that's all I can say. I just, uh, I can get a piece of music and sit down and listen to it for a second and kind of, um, ask myself what emotion is this bringing out of me? Where is this taking me? And, and I just start thinking and then I start writing. What is the, the, the process for you when you're tapping into that emotion? Because it's a very vulnerable state. 
especially if you're writing about personal experience. And even if you're writing about observation that maybe you know someone who dealt with, you know, anger or sadness or even happiness, it's, it's really difficult to capture that. And, and there has to be some process that you go through, whether it's, you know, therapeutic, whether it's just, you know, reassessing and reevaluating. What is that like for you? I think it's just being in touch with uh, human emotion, you know, like, like, for instance, uh, on the first record, you know, Check Your Head was a combination of a couple people from my childhood. And, you know, one of them was this kid that I used to go on double dates with, you know, in high school and, and he passed away at, at 18. And I it was it was like the first open casket funeral I'd ever been to. And it fucked me up. You know, I just, I, it was a hard thing for me to process because my father passed away when I was 10. So, and I didn't get to go, I didn't get to go to his funeral. Um, so, uh, I'd never been really to a funeral. And so it brought up, it brought up things, issues with my father. And then, and then, you know, this kid, like he was so young. So all those turn into like this amazing song called check your head, you know? And, um, you know, so I, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, what I do is I like to, um, with the phone now, you know, you can, you got so much memory, you know, I, I, I create, uh, like in my notes, I'll have like titles, you know, and, and any, anytime something strikes me, a, a phrase or a word, sometimes I'll just get hooked on a word and I'll just think like, this is such a cool word. I got to turn it into a song. Like, like, for instance, the word conflict, I, I really love the word conflict. And we turn that into a song and, you know, um, uh, and so on and so forth. And I'll just create like uh, a library of titles. And then sometimes I'll have a song and I just don't know really where I want to start. And I'll just listen to the music and look at my titles. And then one title may jump out at me. and I'll be like, that's a cool title. And then I'll just start writing. Do you find that when you are revisiting situations that it almost helps self-awareness, it helps heal, it helps, you know, be, it becomes therapy more or less. Absolutely. You know, it's very personal. Um, the songs in the Buck Sherry catalog, you know, I've, I've written all the words, so it's really personal to me. And that makes it great when I have to go out and sing these songs, uh, you know, thousands of times, you know, so um, I couldn't imagine going out and singing songs that, that weren't, uh, personal to me, you know, I don't know how people do that. I mean, I understand it because, you know, some people just, they just love to sing and they want to go out there and just sing. And that's cool, you know, but me, I have to, I had to be attached to it emotionally in order to really own it and to do it every night, you know? So, um, that's just the way I'm built. You ever find that a song that you wrote years ago, which had an emotion at that time, you're writing it, now feels different, now has a different emotion, or you have a different emotion about the subject you wrote about? I mean, you, it's, it's not so much as a different emotion. It just, I'll reflect back and I'll just see how much I've grown as a songwriter, as a human being, uh, you know, as a lyricist, you know, and that's it. That's the only difference I can tell. And, you know, I think that those old songs have a certain charm to them. Do I think, you know, they, you know, they were the best they could be at that time, but you know, I'm, I'm always uh, moving forward and trying to learn and grow on a daily basis. I always want to remain teachable. 
The new album is Hellbound. It's out June 25th, 2021 is shaping up to be the year of music with all these great albums coming out. And from what I've heard from the new album, it is right up there against everybody else. It's a great, great record of 10 songs. You guys recorded this during the pandemic. It was done in October 2020. What was that process like? This is a different ball game we were all dealing with. We had situations that we've never seen before, or maybe we have seen it, but just not in a magnitude, whether it was protests, an election process that was toxic, and then, of course, the pandemic where we were locked down and under restrictions all over the country. To record an album and to make music during this had to be a challenge. What was that like for Buck Cherry? What was it like for Josh Todd? Yeah, it was an interesting year and uh, challenging, and that always makes for good songwriting for this band, at least. You know, we've had so many peaks and valleys, and whenever we're faced with adversity like COVID and everything else that was going on in America, um, we we handle it really well. We just shifted gears and started writing a record, you know, and we put all of our effort and focus into the record while this chaos and turmoil was going on around us, you know, and and that's pretty much the long and the short of it. You know, like I live in Los Angeles and I born and raised California kids. So I was up here and in, in, I was living in Hollywood during the Rodney King riots and we were all locked down. You know, we couldn't go out at night at that point. And the, and the city was, there was a good part of the city that was on fire and it was crazy. And, you know, um, it kind of reminded me of that time when, when, uh, when the George Floyd thing happened and everybody started, uh, you know, tearing up the city. I mean, it happened here, you know, they were tearing up the city. They were graffitiing places and, and breaking into places. And, you know, some of the cops in Beverly Hills had to use uh, tear gas on some people. And so it was, it was nuts. Um, and then we had the, the election and COVID and gun violence and all this stuff. And um, we just channeled our energy into making a great record. And, you know, some, some aggressive music came up, you know, on, in the songwriting process. And I utilized uh, all that stuff and made some cool songs. Like there's a song called five, four, three, two, one on this record and a song called here I come. And it kind of uh, encapsulates uh, what was going on. I was going to ask about that. You know, you, everyone is affected by what's happening around them. And with, so little happening in one's personal life because we are under restriction and we're not able to live our lives the way we normally do. So we have to adapt. A lot of us were home more. I think all of us were home more to to correct myself, but you're creating music and you're writing and you know, you're watching the news. You're watching what's happening just like everybody else is. What was the biggest way that it impacted the tone of the record and the music on the album? I want to say, and I want to tell you and the listeners, I, I don't, I don't watch the news. I stopped watching the news years ago. I, I did this, I did this experiment with myself where I wouldn't watch the news for a month. And, and then I took my temperature to see how I felt and I felt amazing. And it was a whole, you know, I started studying, uh, the mind and you have to be very careful of what you put into your mind and what you look at every day. And so I became very sensitive to that. So I stopped watching the news and uh, it was amazing. So I didn't watch the news. And I mean, you know, I, it was hard to get away from it. You know, I mean, I have a news feed on my phone where 
Um, I only put in the things that I want to read about. Mostly it's sports and like Vanity Fair or stuff like that. But I don't I don't watch like negative CNN 24 hour news shit every day. I don't do it, you know. Um, so I think that has been really great for me because you'd be amazed at what you give power to. And if you don't give any power to that stuff, it changes your whole perspective. And, and um, like I said, we just kind of made, you know, we, we had to see it all the way through. I had, to, I had to go, okay, where, when this record drops, all the dust is going to be settled and we're going to be able to go out on the road that whenever that is. And what will people want to, to hear at that point? They're not going to want to hear negative songs about, you know, uh, 2020. They're going to want to celebrate life and enjoy it and have a good time and go out and rock, you know, and that's where they're going to be at the end of this thing. And um, so we kind of catered to that feeling, you know, and there's a really good positive theme of this record. Yeah, I've often talked with people about what movie studio is going to make the movie about the pandemic in 2020. And then the next question is, who the fuck's going to want to go see that? Because we all live Who the fuck wants to see that? (laughs) Right. You know, maybe maybe 20 years from now, they'll want to see a movie like that. But not now, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, in creating this record too, with all that was happening, you, you know, I, I find that a lot of conversations I have with artists that it was able to allow them to escape into a bubble, a shell to go in and create and make music and, you know, come out the other side, kind of forget about what's happening in the outside world, try to still be aware, but kind of focus on something that creating makes that makes them happy. Was that similar to your situation? Yeah, that's the fun of making a record. It's it's like building a house, you know. It's uh you start out with nothing, you know, with just a foundation of concrete, you know, and then you got to build a house on on to, on it and that's the record, you know. And um we we always start with a clean slate pretty much every time we we start uh to write a record, you know. So um it's challenging and it's and it's and it's fun and it's uh you know, it's definitely a labor of love if this is what you love to do, you know? So all those things make it really, really fun. And then when it finally gets to the public, that is like the icing on the cake. You know, when you get to get on stage and see people singing these songs at the top of their lungs, that's when you're like, oh, this is so amazing because we created these songs for nothing, you know? So that that's really the joy of this. With the adversity that the band has been through and obviously things that are happening, how, how challenging was the creative process with this? Was, or was this, because of everything that has happened, was this everyone focusing and doing what they need to do to create great, great music? No, we were all focused. We had no other choice. There was uh, nobody could go out. You know, we, we could basically go to like the grocery store and, you know, and that's pretty much it. And, and uh so there was you know I'm, we're so glad that we had this to focus on and you know our families at home of course and so it, it made it pretty easy to just stay focused on the outcome and to work uh hard and diligently every day to craft this uh this amazing piece of art you guys finished this in october 2020 we're now 
in May. You're going to be releasing the movie. I'm sorry, the, the, the album in June. What was behind the decision to delay the album, pause the album? Because I know there's kind of two camps. People did release music in 2020 before, you know, while COVID was happening. And even this year, while restrictions were still going on, what was the thought process for you guys? Yeah, we didn't want to release a record without being able to uh, promote it and tour. You know, that, that just made no sense to us because, you know, listen, the attention span of people now is like, you got like seven seconds to make an impression. That's how short it is. Um, you should look it up. That's how it used to be 20 seconds. Now it's like seven seconds and maybe even less than that. And we didn't want to like work our asses off on this record and just drop it and then just sit in our homes. You know, that that's not what we wanted to do. It's like, we'll just, we'll just wait. You know, we put a record out in 2019 uh, called war paint. It's a great record. And, and so it was not uh, an issue for us to wait. And, you know, we've, we've also toured a lot. So it was actually a good thing for us to wait it out and to drop it, you know, now, uh, you know, June 25th. Was it, you know, I, I've had conversations and I've asked this question before. You guys are all on a cycle of touring and putting out music. And, you, you know, to get on the road now is how an artist and how a band makes money. All with that, there's a lot of pressure to keep creating. Having this pause, having this, you know, the, the, the stop and, and playing live and allowing you to create at a, at a slower pace, did you find that it was better for you to, to have this approach that was different than before? No, no. It wasn't better for anybody. I mean, we, you know, it was super challenging because, you know, first of all, you have you have your livelihood and all your income wiped away for an entire year without you knowing about it. That, that was really hard to deal with for, for all of us, for our band crew, band and crews around the, the globe. You know, I, it's just, it was really difficult. We got hit really hard. So that was no fun. You know, you add that kind of pressure on people, you know, financial pressure on top of like, okay, what do we do? When, when is this going to end? Where is this going? All that uncertainty, you know, it's, it can be uh, challenging to stay out of fear, you know? And so that's why, like I said, you know, having to just go, let's make the best record of our career right now. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. And then we just kept coming back to that. Just focus on this record, make this record great. Cause eventually we're going to get back to it, you know? And um, that's all we did kept redirecting ourselves in 2019 long beach band joyous wolf out on tour with you and then also now you have another long beach band with of limbo on your tour too as well is there is there a connection or do you want to stay local to the los angeles area when you are talking to bands about going on tour with you no we we just want to you know those bands the you know like joyous wolf they were they had a single on the radio at the time. They had a lot of momentum. We liked their music. They were nice people. And that's it. We just want, we, we've always been supportive of, uh, you know, we call them baby bands, but bands that have just, you know, they're just starting out just trying to build an audience, you know, um, because, you know, when we were a baby band, that's what people did for us, you know? So, um, uh, that's what we do. Uh, I don't, we don't, we don't really uh, 
pinpoint like where they came from and we're going to stick to Cali bands or anything like that. We haven't thought about that, but it may just be a coincidence that they're both from Long Beach. As you look forward to touring and getting down the road and supporting this album, you know, what is next? I mean, you've got this tour that was announced, but further down the road, is there anything new coming for Buck Cherry that you'd like to tell your fans? Um, no, I mean, more will be revealed. As you know, right now we're sticking to the United States. We have 105 shows booked. We have, uh, we start first shows June 1st, Hellbound, the record drops June 25th. We have a great single out right now. It's called So Hot. And you can check out the video for So Hot on YouTube. And then we're dropping our second single, uh, May 25th or 26th. And that's the title track, Hellbound. Great video as well. And we uh, we intend to make a video for every song on this record. So, you know, we're just going to keep um, dropping singles. And then, you know, eventually we're going to go international uh, towards the end of the year and and into uh, 2022. As you look forward to touring and getting back on the road, you know, what do you expect when you get out there? Do you expect... You know, crazy crowds of people been wanting to go see live music. Do you, you expect hesitancy? How are, how do you guys feel about all that? What's, uh, you know, where are your thoughts on that? No, we've, we've already done, we've done a handful of shows this year. We did a, we did a bunch of shows in Florida and we did a show in South Dakota. It's been nuts. People just want to, they want to cut loose and, you know, restrictions are much different from state to state, you know? So, um, and we've done really well with the vaccination uh, program here in the United States, which I'm super grateful for, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so if you read what the CDC is saying and how they're slowly starting, we're starting to even open up and, you know, I don't know. I, I just know in California, you know, we're we're really vaccinated here. We're, we got a lot of you know people vaccinated and and we're about ready to go maskless here which is amazing you know so uh just really grateful for the science you know the scientists the the people who put in the effort to get these vaccines uh circulated and and everything that's going on so that people can get their livelihoods back is there anything different that you guys will be doing backstage behind the scenes process that is different than before Uh, you know, there's it, the only difference is the safety protocol, you know, like, uh, some places that we've played, you know, we have to have temperature bands and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're always following safety protocol by wearing masks up until we get on stage. Cause can't have a mask and sing, you know, and, sure. and then we do the show and then we put our mask on and, you know, go back to the bus and, and that's it. You know, I mean, it's, it's not super, uh, hard to figure out you know i mean that's what we do and um we're willing to take that risk because uh you know we feel good about how we're conducting ourselves with safety protocol awesome well josh thank you very much for the conversation thank you very much for doing the hook the rocks podcast my pleasure thanks for having us and uh go get the new record hellbound june 25th and we'll see you guys at the rock show All right, everybody, that's Josh Todd. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We will talk again soon.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.